thoughts running through your mind All the excuses don't have the time All the rejection you have to leave behind Leave it all behind Hold your dreams Don't Welcome to Milestones. This is your host, Sarah Conrad. Tonight's show is titled Successful Scholars Part 3, A Musical Milestone. Our guest tonight is Timothy, another 2016 ACB scholarship winner. Get ready to hear about his musical talents and the gifts he shares in the blindness community. You look around and staring back at you, another wave of doubt will it pour have um, a very special guest with us. We have Timothy Jones, who's a scholarship winner from ACB National. So welcome, Timothy. Thank you. It's good to be here. We're glad to have you on the show. So Timothy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What year are you in school? What are you studying? Well, I'm a freshman at Mercer University. My major is the music realm, uh, in particular organ performance. I'm hoping to achieve a bachelor's degree in that um, area of study. My teacher is uh, Dr. Jack Michener, and um, he is a world-renowned concert organist. Um, to give you some examples, he taught at the um, Eastman School of Music, and um, he's been to a multitude of other places teaching and um, and um, whatever, and he, his website is uh, jackmitchner.com, so it's his name, J-A-C-K-M-I-T-C-H-E-N-E-R.com, where you can learn more about him. My, um, I completed my freshman year, so this fall I will be going back to start my sophomore year, so... That's where I currently stand in the studies. That's wonderful. What got you interested in music performance and studying organ performance? 
I've always loved music. Um, my entire life, I've loved to listen to music, um, whether on the radio or um, back in my days, it was cassette tapes. When <laughs> back in the '90s, that was all we had. Then, and um, my parents were always playing music in the house, and my mom uh, played piano a little bit, um, and um, so she played for she played piano a lot when I was little, and. Then I also was drawn to um, the music of the church. I loved listening to the big, powerful organ um, Sunday morning and Sunday night play at church and thought, wouldn't it be cool to be able to sit at one of those um, instruments and play for a church service or even for a concert? And that was what led me in 2014 to make my decision that I was going to go for an organ performance major, and the only other thing after that was finding finding a school that would work best for my needs. And Mercer has by far exceeded that goal. They have rail everywhere in the music building. Oh, that's great. Uh, what steps did you have to take in order to prepare yourself? to study organ performance, did you, you know, how, do, how did you learn to read music? Did you learn other instruments before that? What kind of, what kind of led you um, to be prepared for that study? I first started on the piano. Um, it's kind of an interesting story. My, I, my mother told me when I was two years old that I pulled up to our Senate piano and began playing while a Paris arrangement of Lamb of God just a tune with two fingers with one hand while holding myself up to the piano with the other. And um, she told me the keyboard was just about level with my face. So, but, um, but, but I, um, so that's how my musical um, talents got started. And she called up a piano teacher friend of hers and asked if this was normal because I was her firstborn. And the her um, music friend said, no, it's not normal, get a teacher. <laughs> and, of course, I was too young to start piano lessons at that age. Um, so my parents enrolled me in kinder music, which is a wonderful program for um, whether you're sighted or blind. It's one of the best children's music programs I can recommend for any growing musician. And um, I was in there from about three years old to five years old. And after about that time, my parents found me a teacher who I studied with who taught me the basics of music and rhythm and um, how the piano keyboard is laid out. And I was with her for two years. And then I found the teacher I refer to as my Aunt Sullivan, uh, Patty Bennett, who works in a studio called Music by Patty. Um, in Buford, Georgia now. She's moved several times, but she's in Buford now. And I studied with her from age six up through, um, up all the way up through uh, 2014 when I graduated high school. So I would have been 21. So I studied with her basically, basically about 14 years. Wow. That's wonderful. And it's interesting how we met her. She actually was the pianist at a church. We, we uh, changed churches at that time, and that's how we found her. Hmm. Many people 
were reluctant to take me on because of my visual impairment, but she decided to give it a try. And as far as learning music goes, she actually designed a program. This is why I think of her as my Sullivan. After having a trial, she had mom bring me down to the studio for a trial lesson. After that, she said, you've got talent. I'll have to figure out what I'll do to teach it. And she went home, closed the shade, put on a blindfold, and sat down at her own home piano to play a piece that she had already already knew she could do for memory in her sleep to see what it's like to play without sight. And from that, she designed a special program where she would record my pieces on cassette tapes and um, in the beginning, measure by measure, later phrase by phrase, she would separate out right hand and left hand, and if the score had fingerings given, she would also give those to me as well. And that's how I learned all my music. And at the, about the same time, I started learning Braille music as well, but even though Richard Tesh says that the course can be taught by a sighted teacher, nothing beats having a blind person teach you because, you know, they have to go down the same road that you do. Mm. And I met this wonderful blind lady. She's actually a member of um, ACB. She attends the conventions every year. Her name's Betsy Granovich. Mm. She went to a school. She graduated from Bob Jones University with a music education major. Went to a school for the blind in Togo, Africa, where she taught this blind student. And um, about the time I was about the time I was um, studying music, she had um, been she was back in the USA. And so I went to her house. She actually had to live about twenty minutes from me. And so I would go to her house once a week for real lessons. And combination of Betty Kroll and Counter-Reef Braille Music and then later started on Richard Tesh's introduction to music for the blind student. And I studied with her for a year, and then she moved away, and so though I had a gap year where I had trouble finding the teacher, because I, I was trying to avoid driving from Atlanta, Georgia, the social circle, but she um, I could not find anybody else, so she um, ended up teaching me anyway. We just did our tongues and drove all the way up to Social Circle, and I had lessons with her for about a year. So now I'm doing a combination of braille music and audio, but thank the Lord, now we have digital recordings and Dropbox instead of cassette tapes, <laughs> which is a lot nicer because I have my, um, I've had graduate recordings of my pieces I'm working on in college, and they're able to drop on the recordings to me, which is wonderful, because I can just pull them up on my smartphone. So how does that work when they, um, what are they recording for you and putting into Dropbox? Well, they're doing the same thing that my piano teacher did, um, with um, the process I described earlier about learning where she would separate out the right hand, left hand, oh, okay. and play it together. So they're just um, taking it into pieces for you so that you can yes. learn it by ear. Uh-huh. Got it. So I'm doing a combination of that 
Now there was there was a little gap where those graduate students got busy and could not afford my pieces for me, and my organ teacher assigned me um, brought praises to variation in the minor, and I, I know to non music students they're they're going to wonder what is <laughs> that, but I gave you the name brought variation you can look it up on the mm-hmm. hear it. Mm-hmm. But the, when I got to the about midway through the music and learning it, my graduate got busy and couldn't send me any more recordings. So I finally realized that I was gonna have to um, face the fact that I needed to take out the Braille music store and start learning it that way, just like my sighted peers do with their and of course, whether you do it by real music or by hearing, you still have to memorize because there's just no way around that unless you're born deformed with four hands. Right. So, because you're, you've got to use your hands to play, so you can sight read one part, like sight read the right hand or the left hand of the pedal part, because you know with organs you're doing pedals too. Right. But you can't sight read everything. Mm-hmm. So so, over the spring break week, I dug out that score, and I got Betty Crowley's um, dictionary out, in case I got stuck on a sign I didn't recognize, and started um, slowly piecing the um, last part of, the, of uh, that prompt together, and by the end of the spring break week, I had it finished. Beautiful. That's so great. it took several hours each day to get it done. But by the time I went back to school um, after spring break, I had to, I was able to play the piece through at a slow tempo. Mm. That's great. Sounds like you've had a combination of your own determination to learn things and pursue, you know, new goals, but also um, a lot of help from mentors and you know other fellow students along the way. Sounds like a a great combination of your own determination and the help of other people. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you know what's the old thing, when you're forced to do something, you um, make yourself do it. Mm-hmm. And just because, my, just because my grads were busy didn't mean that I could just wait for them to be unbusy. Mm-hmm. I had sure. to sit there and, you know, I had to, sometimes you got to keep pressing on. So, mm-hmm. and I knew that I had to get the piece large before the end of the semester because I was scheduled to play it in what's called a jury, uh-huh. which, um, it's nothing too scary, it's not a competition, it's just you have to play what you've learned right. for a panel of the professors, the professors form a panel, and you have to go in there and play the pieces you've been working on all year for them, mm-hmm. but it does determine whether you Right. That's a little pressure. Sure. But you're not competing against anybody. What other activities have you been involved in in school um, beyond your studies? Have you been involved in student organizations or um, other activities with your peers? Well, I'm not in any fraternity yet because, um, you know, freshman year is an experience. And, (laughs) well, in spite of in addition to my blindness, I also have the disability of Asperger's Syndrome, and um, I don't know if you uh, 
folks who have Asperger's are naturally perfectionists. Mm-hmm. And they want to achieve the highest possible mark they can. Sure. And so, and plus um, the fact that my college attendance is based solely on the merit of scholarship, and that if I lose those scholarships, I would have to go home. Mm-hmm. That also put a great incentive on me to put the schoolwork first, is that you do your homework, then you'll play. <laughs> so I did not join the fraternity my freshman year, but I did go on a few social outings here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one time where um, another friend of mine and I in the music school went out to dinner, and uh, there were times where there, there were times where I uh, went on a few social outings with, with friends and such, and I uh, visited. There were a few times I would visit uh, friends who were not music majors. Um, often we visit each other in our dorms or whatever. Sure. And um, I watched a movie with one friend. That was so fun. So, That's great. Um, as far as, I have done a lot of uh, musical social things, too. Uh, back in December last year, President Underwood of First University, where I'm attending college, asked me if I could play for his Christmas party. Oh, wow. for faculty staff. So um, the dean of the music school walked me over to his house that night, and I played for about two hours on their grand piano. Uh, That's amazing. For the background Christmas music for the party. Wow. So, and let's see, I was also asked to play for, I don't know if you have heard of the fraternity Phi Beta Kappa. Mm-hmm. But they had an induction ceremony, and I was asked to play for their. Um, I was asked to play background music for their induction ceremony as well. That's great. So you know, in terms of blindness and or Asperger's, have you had opportunities or times when you've needed to advocate for yourself in school to get you know the services that you needed, or times when you've had to educate your peers or your professors about your disabilities? I didn't have to do too much of that, thank goodness, because uh, Mercer has a very good accessibility office. Mm. Um, The only thing I had to help them understand was that the access office thought that he'd give me electronic books for my music stuff, and unfortunately, even though it's 2016, that is just not possible. Mm. There is no, um, there is no alternative at this present time to having hard copy. You've got to have hard copy Braille books for music, math, and science. And so there was another blind student there who was going for free law, and they thought that he did not need hard copy Braille books because he was going for a law major that it would be the same thing for me, and I had to explain to them that, no, this, this is not the case. Sure. And um, what finally had to happen for me to um, make my word clear was I actually had to, um, it wasn't 
until I got through the end of my first week. And I was getting homework assignments handed to me and had no way to do them. And I didn't think the professors would put them on hold. But, um, you know, I, I figured, you know, if you can't do them, they don't you that to say, yeah, they would care about your disability. So I, um, I called up my phone at 2 o'clock morning and said, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. I don't have any materials I need. I can't do my homework. And I, I was, I'll go ahead and admit it. I almost, my mom had to fry me off the ceiling from hitching a ride with Uber and coming home. Mm-hmm. I was that stressed. I was afraid. Sure. I'm going to flunk. I'm going to flunk and I don't want to see it. I'm going home. Sure. Um, she said, no, you're not. You're going to stay at school and you're going to get through your last thing at the first week. And then if nothing gets done, then we'll talk about whether you should come home or not. And in the meanwhile, as my mother and homeschool teacher, she sent an email to the uh, deans of the school explaining to them the situation. And that got them rolling. Mm. And they um, had a faculty meeting with all of my teachers. They, the professors told me, we're very impressed with your work. We understand the situation you're in. We're putting your assignments on hold until you get the materials you need to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, they also told me the wonderful news of that by the start of the second week of that semester, I would have a graduate assistant to right. help fill out my years of homework. So that second week was a rough one because I had to play catch-up with my assignments, but at least I had a way to do them now. Sure. And was, by the third week, the third week was when I actually started receiving my textbook. Okay. So I actually did not have my Braille textbook until the third week mm. because there were some communication glitches that caused them to show up late. So... And I, I don't think the um, office, the access office, was fully aware of how long it takes for a book to be put into Braille. Uh, sure. That and the that that and the professors, because um, you know they think, well, I can just you know tell students on the syllabus what books they need, and they can just go buy the first day of class. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's not the way it works for blind people. We gotta know at least. Um, you know, nine times out of ten, no matter what the subject of book, it's not going to be available. Right. So just the word of blind, blind students about to enter college, if you know what books you're going to get, I mean, excuse me, if you know what college you're going to go to and know the major you're heading for, in spite of what the access office says, write a humble email to your professors and tell them that you don't mean to be pushy, but you need to know in advance, what book that you're planning to use, and then you need to ask them to send you the ISBN number so you can go ahead and send those on to your access office and get those books in the process of being prepared. Because yes. whether it's math, science, or music, those three subjects have to be hard copy. Yes. Especially if you got diagrams to list. Exactly. Well, that's really good advice. you got to be proactive about that. Um, so just one more question for you then. You know, that's really good advice for, for students, you know, a way that they can um, 
advocate for themselves right out of the gate, you know, before school starts. Do you have any general advice for our listeners who are maybe struggling um, to achieve their goals? Any, any advice, any encouragement for them? Uh, I know you've had a lot of success in um, pursuing your goals in, in music and education. Um, any, any encouragement to share with our listeners? Well, first of all, I would say you're not alone because everyone has to fight this battle. Um, second of all, there's no shame in getting help. You decide the system for help, get it. There's no, there's no shame in that. Um, I use decided systems quite a lot. Um, I still have to use some. I mean, it's, even with today's technology, it's still impossible to format college papers without having a, a little bit of a visual aid. Mm-hmm. So I would often ask other students at school when it came time to format the papers to say, hey, can I just send this to you and you do these formatting changes for me and help me insert my div and all that stuff? And they would say, yeah, sure, I can do that. There's no um, shame in doing that. Um, secondly, there are bumps in the road, but the Second Corinthians 5 7 is Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Trust God and know that will provide what you need and trust on. That's wonderful. Wonderful encouragement. Keep going. Ask for help. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us on our show. Congratulations again on being an ACB scholarship winner. And um, best wishes to you as you continue in school. so inspiring. I'm so impressed by his ability and his diligence to learn music even when it's challenging. Timothy's faith keeps him strong in overcoming challenges every day. I hope you've been encouraged by hearing Timothy's story. That's all for our show tonight. Next week we'll be taking a break from the Successful Scholars series for a special show where I will share with our community about a personal milestone in my life. I hope you'll join me for encouragement as I share about a major mile marker in my life. Until next time, this is your host, Sarah Conrad, off to mark milestones of my own. 